Steve, or should I call you Mr. Worldwide Pitbull, Mr. 305? <laughs> I don't know if I'd go there. Okay. Okay. How are you, Steve? Good. Good to see you. How have you been? Good. Good. Uh, well, I'm, I'm excited to sit and spend 35 to 40, 45 minutes of chatting with you here this afternoon or evening. Uh, this is the Stuff Summer Says podcast with Steve. With Steve, that's right. Uh, we are back after a, a little extended break, just kind of our schedules didn't align, but of course somebody was traveling, globetrotting across the world. Um, we'll, we'll be sure to pick his brain about that. Um, other than that, we've also got uh, some Penn State news to chat about. Uh, I want to pick your brain on F1 and, and all the happenings of, of F1 lately. Um, we're going to talk about motorsports. We never talk about motorsports on this list, and I feel like Steve Ooh. loves motorsports. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure he's excited about that. And then this week's old guy, young guy is relatively 4th of July themed, I, I would say. Okay, that's um, quite true. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. All right, Steve. You traveled abroad recently. You were in Ireland and Scotland and England, maybe. I don't know. Where all did you go? Ireland and Scotland. Okay. A week pee, a week apiece. There was supposed to be Wales, but we just couldn't make that work. Okay. So as usual, Susan did the heavy lifting and planning. And you just showed up. I just showed up, tried to behave, which worked some days and some days didn't. Um, really good trip. Um, it's a great international trip if you want, don't have to worry about a language barrier. I mean, no, there's some language barrier, but gotta listen really closely as I'm sure they do to us as well. Um, but good trip. We had planes, trains, ferries, bicycles, lots of single track roads, which are a scary thing mm -hmm. and uh, a good time. So yeah, if anybody that's listening is going, I mean, since most of you people know me, I've got a great agenda from Susan that I will gladly pass along that worked really well. Or itinerary, I guess. Sorry. Let me ask you a couple questions before I get into the important questions. Number one, how was the Guinness? Good, better. I don't do it here, so there it was good. Okay. You don't. Um, you don't drink Guinness? You don't, not really. I'm yeah. a. I'm a. You're a lighter. I'm not sure beer I can say guy. a wussy chick like your. No, kind that's of guy. that's not okay. You know, citrus IPAs, okay. that kind of stuff. You know. That uh, that good. one Sam Adams beer that you recently showed me is quite tasty, so we'll give you a pass there. Um, mm -hmm. The kissing of the Blarney Stone was that weird? Did you were you did you put a little hand sanitizer on your lips after? Oh no, no, I'm, I'm, that ship has sailed. What was weird is it's, I mean, I guess I knew, but it's upside down and backwards, right? Like, so it's just not exactly the most accessible thing to like try to do. And some poor girl in front of us. And I did not see, I just heard the comments from my wife afterward that it probably wasn't the brightest choice of, brightest sartorial choice for her day was wearing a skirt. So that was, because some guy lays across your lap, right? You lean backwards and some guy lays across your lap so you can reach the damn thing. It just seems like it could be designed a little differently after all these years, but you know, that's spoiled American guy talking. Okay, next question, moving on. Um, did you see the Loch Ness Monster? We looked and we did not. But in, in, in the town, we saw a lock, a boat, boat going through the locks, actually, of the canals, which in itself was a pretty cool engineering thing, which we hadn't seen before. It was kind of neat to watch. Yeah, it is. I have seen boats move up and down a canal. It actually is very impressive. Uh, well, I'm sure Nessie's in there. Do you believe in the Loch Ness Monster? Sure, why not? Okay, all right, good, good. 
Um, and last question. Uh, there was a picture I saw with you and a, a, I believe either an eagle or an owl. Um, you want to explain that? Oh, so we went to uh, whatever that's called. Not an aviary, but uh, whatever. They fly them. And then they land on your arms too, which was pretty cool. Much lighter for as big as they are than I thought they'd be. Um, just kind of a cool little, you know, thing to do in the afternoon that they do in tourist towns. But it was it was pretty cool. So yeah. Okay. Okay. I have I do have one question you didn't ask. I haven't asked. Yes. Yes. The most impressive thing of the trip, Anna. The most impressive non-man-made portion of the trip. Mm -hmm. Non-man-made. No man-made portion. Every bar and pub. Every bar and pub, every mm, you did draft beverage you got came in a branded glass. I just think it's the most impressive thing ever. Um, and, the, and the lady that owned the bar said it makes it easier for them for refills, which makes sense. Mm. They get the glassware for free. I don't know why places here wouldn't do it. It's not like we had that many more choices that I saw at these bars than we did. So it was just kind of a different thing. And she said all the Americans asked that same question. Now that you say this, when we were in... I want to say when we were in London, the guy apologized to me because he had to give me a Stella glass, but it was what wasn't Stella. And he was like, normally you, I would give you, and I never really thought about that. But um, the other thing that I like about the pubs there, and you, you, you texted me about this. One of the, my favorite like date nights with Anna ever was we went out to this little pub in London and we could actually have a conversation and still like enjoy like going to a pub like there's not loud music like people are having not loud conversations that was something you texted me about um that i thought was interesting yeah i mean we found a couple i mean the last one the last one we went to was loud because it was a um, a karaoke night and that was where we met the dude with the who was the big supporter of the, of the glasgow rangers and, and told us all about his team and told us so much about his team that when we were leaving in the airport and they had the team store, we actually bought some Glasgow Rangers gear. I need to check how they did on their first fixture last weekend. But other than that, look at that. Look at that. Steve. I know I dropped that in there really subtly just to see if you were going to react or not. Yes. Yeah, so. Look at that. Um, yeah, that was, that is where I was headed in general was there was, there were interminglings of sports things throughout your trip. Um, you stopped at St. Andrews. Uh, is it as beautiful as it appears on TV or is it kind of overhyped? Oh, it's pretty picturesque and it's right there in town. I mean, you, you know, you're, you're three blocks from, from the university, you turn right down a street and, oh, there's the ocean and, oh, and there's the golf course. So, yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, it's kind of hard to screw those up. And I mean, Oakmont's as picturesque as it's supposed to be. You're just not, you're not walking to it, right? <clears throat> that's, that's the one thing I, I guess I was thinking about with venues. We don't have a lot of them like that that you just walk upon or can wander by for free that I've been around. Um, did you... Anna's parents were are still in Europe right now, actually, but they kind of sort of overlapped with you guys in the general neck of the woods. Did you do like a, any sort of tour or did you just kind of go on your own? And No, it was all us. I mean, she set the itinerary up. We rented a car and it was, she had ideas um, from like Rick, watching Rick Steve's things. And then we had some wish list stuff and, you know, it, and it's so much, <laughs> it's a lot more relaxing to travel without your kids. <laughs> or in a small group than it is, you know, with people. So if, if something went wrong or I was in a mood, right? Like I just- You're never in a mood. What are you talking never about? Never me. No, hard to believe. I know I'm shocked. Um, yeah, it was just it was just easy to kind of bop from place to place. I mean, I had, I had forgotten, not that I knew that St. Andrews was hosting this year and it was the 150th, right? Like I knew we were going to go there. 
hadn't really paid attention. And then we walked out and the bleachers are all up and it says 150. I'm like, oh, that's pretty fortuitous timing, you know? And there was a lot of that stuff on this trip that it was just like, that worked out pretty well. Oh, that worked out pretty well. That it's kind of, it'd be kind of hard to get that high and that much good on a trip anytime soon to the same place. So we'll find someplace different to explore. When you were at St. Andrews, were people golfing there then and there, or was it? Yeah, they had tourists, like tour. I mean, clearly like tourist groups, you know, that had paid to, you know, three guys from Bowie, Maryland, or four guys from Aberdeen, Maryland, or Texas or whatever else. They came out, worked on the putting green, which we could walk to and walk around, and then went out in the first tee, and then there were other groups coming in. So it was clearly like outing day or tourist travel day, and maybe every day is that way, or certain days are that way there, but that's what that was, because they weren't local. We could tell they weren't locals by the logo, logos on their shirts and whatever mm-hmm. else. They were from different places. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Um, the other sporting event thing that happened, you were at an airport and ran into the entire nation of Scotland or Ireland, one oh, of those yeah, two. Oh, we, yeah, we were, we were flying from Belfast to Glasgow, and it was the day after Ireland had beaten Scotland 3-0, 3-0. There were, sorry, there were a plane full of, of not happy men in kilts, you know, going home after they had been, you know, to watch their team lose. So it was kind of, a, it was a quiet flight. And it was interesting because they were all wearing their local club stuff, but then they had the, the Scottish stuff too. So it was kind of, that was kind of a neat, not clash of cultures, kind of a mixture of cultures, right? Of them, oh, this is, you know, my club team, but now we're all here supporting the national team, but the national team didn't do well. Here is my question. I've always wondered this. Um, one of my favorite like Americana things is on the Friday and Saturday or Friday and Sunday when you are on 80 or 70, mainly in Ohio, Indiana, and Illinois on those rest stops. You go to a rest stop and there's every different college football team there was it kind of like that did you get that kind of type of vibe from from that? yeah because there were there were little groups of four and six right that were there there that were their club teams and they were all in, all there supporting the, the national team but yeah it was very much that mix of different pieces and supporters but they're all supporting the same thing in that instance that's cool that's cool um and so now you are a glasgow rangers fan when is their next game i think they play this saturday because the, the first was this past week um, yeah, they have pretty, pretty blue and orange colors that look good, which was helpful. Like it wasn't some awful color scheme that I had to pony up for. So yeah, it was, and, and we guys, she bought the, we bought the thing and you got a free bucket hat too. So we're like all kinds of blessed with, oh my with Glasgow Rangers gear now. I was actually thinking about that. It's the orange that matches my hat. So if I do go into the stadium this year in the last row, it'll be like a whole body of orange up there. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Um, all right. Well, that's all I got. That's all. I just want to pick your brain about any other. Sp- well, you, you saw some American football while you were there, right? That's right. We were walking was, through. We were walking through. Any different? It was five on five, like quarterback receiver. They were just doing it was like a passing camp. But we're walking past this this little park in Inverness. And I'm looking over there I'm like, hey, hon, they're playing football. She's like, no, it's soccer here. Stop doing that. And I'm like, no, they're passing the ball. And those are helmets. And she's like, really? I'm, I said, look. So we wandered over across the field. They were probably sophomore juniors in high school. You know, they'd call a play, they'd break a huddle and they'd get up the line with five people and the quarterback would roll out and throw something or pitch. It was, it was interesting to see the quarterback couldn't pitch the ball very well, the running back, but it was interesting to see. It was a good video you sent me. Um, All right. 
Anything else about your trip? Anything else I missed? No, we bored enough people now, but it's a good place to visit if people are interested. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, Moving on. Some Penn State news while we were gone. Uh, Two main main things. One of them actually happened today, but the first thing happened a couple weeks ago. Uh, And that that was kind of the big thing. Uh, Penn State has announced that this year's whiteout game will be against Minnesota. I don't know. I don't know. I'm very like, I don't know about it. Like I, I I, want to sit here and say, Oh, that's a bad choice. And then I'm like, well, who else are they going to pick? And it's either Ohio. Well, it would be pretty much be Ohio state or Michigan. And obviously it can't be Michigan because they're, they're away game this year. So at least Ohio state, there was a weird sentiment of people being like, ah, yes. Payback for 2019 payback for 2019. That game sucked being at in person. And maybe it was because that was such a great trip, like for a friend group. But for me, like, that's not a game that I hold a grudge against. Am I missing something, Steve? No, I don't think so. And I don't think Minnesota is some, something somebody holds a grudge against. And I guess, I mean, I know, I, I think I know why it's not Ohio State, right? Because I just don't know what that game time is going to be. They don't want it to be an, an, a noon game for the whiteout, you know, and they may not have a choice in that matter. And I think the whiteout is something that stands on. Well, we'll find out, actually. I, I think Penn State has gotten a lot of mileage out of the best fans in the nation. And the whiteout's wonderful. And it's great. And it, it's almost like it stands on its own. Well, we're going to find out this year if, it, if it's opponent dependent or not and how much if people can bring it for Minnesota. Yeah, I think last year people were so excited that it was Auburn because it was somebody that wasn't Ohio State or Michigan for the first time in what's really felt like was probably – 10 years at that point, because I think the last time was the um, Alabama game in 2012. For me, like you said, like, I think this is kind of a test of, okay, are people passionate about the, the process or the opponent is, and I think that's what this boils really boils down to. Um, I don't know. I, I I'm interested by it. I, I don't think that there's as much hype around that game. I still think if you're a Penn State fan and you're circling one game you really want to go to this season, it's the Ohio State game. Um, but at the same token, like there's still nothing quite like a whiteout at Beaver Stadium. Um, I think the Ohio State game is the stripe out or maybe the helmet stripe. I'm not sure. Yeah, they gave it, I think, stripe out. I think is what they said it would be. Um, so who knows? Um, yeah, who knows? I. I think this was bound to happen and it's just, I mean, it's going to have to happen yeah. have to happen at some point. You can't always have, you know, know that it's going to be one of those two opponents. And again, if it's the event that matters and that's what you can make it, go ahead, market it, make it that and make it a good time for people and, and let some, let somebody else deal with being the opponent on those days. So I hope it plays out well. I, I mean, I think it will. I don't, I don't have any doubt about that. It's a night game. People will be all day getting ready for it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it may hurt because it's Minnesota. There may not be game day or something, that they've had associated with it, but they're, you know, also it could be, you know, Fox could be here or something else. Who knows? Maybe big tents here. Who knows? Um, the other thing I did just think about though, is the original whiteout was Purdue. The first two whiteouts, I believe for were technically Purdue. Now those were student section whiteouts. I forget was the Notre Dame game, the first all stadium one, the Jimmy yep. Clausen game. Yep. Um, yeah. So there's some territory for it, but that was really, really long time ago. Um, 
I think it'll be, I did this, just the reaction has been interesting to me, you know, just, I mean, as it was died down, obviously it's been a few weeks, but just those first couple of days of people, you know, why isn't Ohio State? I can't believe it's there. I'm like, I feel and, and then, the, then, yeah. then the, 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 the double punches in Ohio State will end up being noon, right? Like, so they'll say, well, it wasn't a whiteout against them, and then I've got a noon game. But there's things you don't control, and especially when the TV deals are what they are and they're going to become bigger even sooner, you're not going to control that lot of stuff. Well, and that was the one thing I was going to say is uh, there's a lot at play with that Ohio State game because that is the last weekend in October. In theory, I believe already – the MLB has set their playoff schedule, at least the World Series schedule, and that's game two that that night. So it's not going to be on at night at Fox. Fox, the way the picks worked out this year, that pick kind of fell to Fox because um, Fox, uh, or ESPN picked Notre Dame, Ohio State, I believe, or, or has to get that game. Um, so to speak. And I mean, there for a while, everybody that knows something about it was saying it was going to be a noon game and it's kind of sort of cold off a little bit is it might be back to a a 4 PM game I've heard and and seeing, um, which makes sense. Like, I I don't know. I, I think it should be a 4 PM game. If I'm, if I'm an executive at Fox, that's going to be the most watched college football game of, of the year that day. Why not put maybe not of the year, but uh, one of the most watched games of the year. Why not have that to be the lead into the world series, which is a sporting event that does incredible ratings wise, but could probably use any boost that it can get um, just with how much, how long baseball season is, how not, interesting the matchup could or could could be um things like that yeah i mean i think that's a good spot for it i mean i i, I wouldn't be shocked at, at noon just because that we know that's what fox does but the, if there's a four o'clock window or they do something 3 30 ish whatever that gives you a nice lead into it a nice bridge and you you basically have viewers not not exactly the same viewers but you have 10 million viewers for sure from the time the kickoff football game kicks off at a minimum minimum there and if the, if the world series doubles that or doubles and a half, whatever its numbers have been, you've got all that, that number of viewers from three till 11 watching your network. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's going to be a lot of 911 Texas ads and a lot of um, mass singer <laughs> true. ads that day for those that's people. That's very true. Um, well, my friend who's a big, a big Rob Lowe fan, a Yankees fan might, might, might be thrilled by that. There you go. We'll get yeah. the Rob Lowe commercials and the yeah. Yankees at night if things work out for her. There you go. There you go. Um, I think the other thing then, big news today that, that you, you even emailed me about it, which you know it's big news if you emailed me about it, uh, was that Penn State basketball announced finally they are going to move the student section from the non-bench side of the court to the bench side of the court. And in the words of Lizzo, it's about damn time. Because uh, I think this should have been done thousands of years ago. I legitimately believe that because of how meh the program was for much of the last decade or so, I think a certain coach didn't want the students on that side and didn't want them in his year and didn't want him, them second guessing everything he did in the huddle. Um, 
And he I moved think all the huddles out of the court, didn't he? That's true. That's true. I think that's, but I think that's legitimately one of the reasons why this didn't happen a long time ago. I think it just makes sense. Like every, you turn on every college basketball game and you see the court and then you see the student section <laughs> and at Penn state, you see the court and then you see like five people who are there on a Wednesday night. And then the student section relatively full on the other side of the court, only like every so often. I will say the best part is now like the microphones of the announcers won't be as annoying so that you won't hear. Oh, the whole game. Obviously I want the students to be loud, but I don't know. Saw some people that were complaining about it. I don't really understand why. I think people were just complaining to complain. Um, that would be my take on it. I, but I'm excited about it. I think it's a, it's a good move. It, it makes people excited and, you know, doesn't hurt people's egos too much. Uh, I'm, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I thought you'd be interested, which is why I said it. Um, you know, I was intrigued by it. And they, when did the last, was it, it was been 12 or 13 years since they, did they just, they didn't, they moved the camera at one, at one point too, right? They moved the hard camera the, at one point too. Yes, the... If I remember correctly, the year, I think it was the year that Chambers came, they switched it because wasn't Ed DeTellis' last year, the NIT, the first NIT year? Yeah, I think so. I think, and then I'm like 99% sure that the next year they moved it to the other side of the court um, of when it was Chambers' era. Because you're right, I forgot. I forgot that they 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 that it was. They on swapped that side. the logo. Like they, I forget whether they swapped the logo and moved the hard camera or what they did. But they they did that somehow. It, like this has sort of happened before. Um, yeah, and I'm sure the old folks, that the few old folks that really care, probably are complaining. But you're going to get a comparable seat. You're going to be able to see the faces of the coaches. You know, I mean, I guess if you're close, what you're not going to get is explanations at the scorers table that maybe you could hear in the third or fourth row because the place is quiet, but so what? Um, I think if you're, I think you're right. I think if you think you're going to be legitimate or try to do something and do the right things, this is a fairly easy move. Um, you ruffle some feathers, but so what? You give some people a new chance to get in too. This is a chance for people to get in and say, okay, hey, let me pick a seat. Let me find some place to be. That'll also rejigger some stuff and make it interesting. It, <sighs> not to get too deep into the Penn State basketball hole here, but you're, you're kind of gambling, maybe setting up for a potential investment type thing right now. If you do, I don't, why am I shilling Penn State basketball tickets right now? Um, if you do get it on the tickets, because, you know, then five years from now, say they're a tournament team every year, it's going to be a little bit tougher to get season tickets. And well, who knows? It's Penn State basketball. And there's yeah, no, it's a optimistic. Lot of Go seats. ahead. Be optimistic. That's fine. There's I mean, a lot of empty seats at the BJC still. Right. But you and know I, what I'm I saying? Think, like, I think there's a chance to be a part of something. Yeah. And whatever they can do to try to figure out the empty seats that are there for regular stuff. Right. And, and, and now at least some of those empty seats are going to be less visible on TV. Like even if they can't figure that out, I mean, even if they can't, like if some season ticket holder for football has four seats for basketball and there's no way they're not taking four good seats, even though they only come twice a year and they hope to resell and whatever else. This way, at least the students are on the, on, on the side that the hard camera sees. And that at least makes it look a little better. Interested for the first uh, scuffle or BJC policing of the away bench, behind the away bench, and see how they handle that. 
because um, the BJC is known for some tough handling of, of student fans in terms of what they can and can't do uh, during a game. Yeah, I think there'll have to be some given. I mean, logically, there'd be some give and take there. I think it'll be interesting to see how they do that because they haven't had to deal with it for a decade plus. You know, certainly whoever has those sections or however they do it may change or be assigned. But at the same time, atmosphere comes with that in a <laughs> sense, you know, and as long as you're not being belligerent and crazy and whatever else, there's got to be the ability to cheer and be loud. So hopefully that won't be a thing, but it wouldn't shock me if it were a thing because I've not been in that place very often. I've been in that place pretty often for a lot of different things, and I'm consistently surprised at how not super paying customer fan friendly they are to the experience in terms of ushers and whatever else. It's a very good way to put it. It's a very diplomatically, politically correct way to put it. It's 100% accurate. Um, okay, that's it. That's all I got on the, the BJC. I, I'm excited about that. Um, let me see what's next on the old rundown here. Oh, yes, yeah, Steve. I feel like this is your time to shine because I feel like you emailed me about F1 years ago when we were doing this podcast now could have been years ago could it hasn't been going that long has I mean, it? we've been doing this since 2020 now steve it's 2022 two years ago two wow. years of this podcast um so uh, how let, let's let me let me start with why we're talking about this why we are talking about this today you're a sports media podcast um and the big news this week was that ESPN has agreed to a new deal on um, F1 rights. Um, previously, it was like a $5 million deal. And this year, it is a three-year deal. And it is up to, yeah, 75 to $90 million per year. There's a couple of reasons why. But I think the big reason is Netflix. I think uh, no doubt. No doubt. You've watched the the Drive to Survive. You've you yeah, watched I mean, all, all of the seasons. I have seen all three seasons, I guess, or four, whatever there's been. I've watched, um, stumbled on it a little bit just because it looked interesting, and they've done a great job. It's a great sports docu series. They had decent access. They've told good stories. They've told the stories that in a way that were appealing that, that maybe not have been. They weren't inaccurate, but they made sure you took a side. They've created sympathetic characters. They've created some some bad bad guys. By the way, they they painted people, but it's made the sport accessible. Um, for me, ten or fifteen years ago, NASCAR felt a little more accessible. It felt a little more interesting than F one. I didn't. It just I don't know. It didn't translate. It didn't seem as they translated as well. Netflix has helped get the personalities across, make them interesting, and they're the races themselves are a little better than, I mean, there's not as much passing, but you know, you've got a two hour window. You're not in for the whole afternoon. And if it rains, the race isn't over. They're sticking race, they're sticking wet tires on and they're running. So you're getting reliable programming from the networks piece of it. And as a viewer and a fan, you know, your stuff's going to be on when it's supposed to be on, which helps. Um, so yeah, I think Netflix and also the sport itself has grown as a result of how, how it competes. And next year, there'll be three races in the United States, you know, not all that long ago, there wasn't one. So it's, it's this is the new uh, growth area in the United States for F1, and it's growing rapidly. Um, how much auto sports do you consume now versus, say, ten years ago? And what's what's your breakdown? 
maybe less because 10 years ago I was probably watching maybe the NASCAR race in, in, a, in a, a support NASCAR race. I'm probably watching mostly F1 on Sundays now or watching the rebroadcast if it, if it conflicts with church um, and maybe peeking in on some NASCAR. Sorry, it's just the way it works. Um, maybe peeking in on some NASCAR. The Lord F1. There you go. There you go. Um, and I'd probably be tempted. I just don't pay for it. Like I would, we're close enough to places like Port Royal and stuff that I would maybe go in person once a year to something interesting there. But in terms of watching, it's mostly F1 just because it's, it's easy. And even Susan will be like, okay, who's winning? Is it the guy that does this, right? Who, who we've now seen on, you know, the Netflix series. And I'm sure we're not alone in that. The, the, the viewership of that is, it isn't Stranger Things good, but it's really pretty good. That's that's actually very interesting because I I I have not watched the show. I have started to dabble in F1 as it's kind of boomed along with everybody else. I do follow Lewis Hamilton on uh, Instagram specifically for his bulldog content because he has very cute dogs. There you go. Um, but I, I have always always enjoyed open wheel racing that type of racing more than than stock car racing but i will say maybe not 10 years ago but 15 years ago i was watching a lot of nascar i want in the last probably five years i've watched one nascar race and that was very recently and it was it was the um, memorial day weekend the coca-cola 600 it was legitimately because i had nothing else to do that night there was nothing else on there was nothing else that was interesting to me and I was like, ah, this is live sports. I'll watch it. I, I have not watched the series. Now, if I go and watch it, like if I go start watching it, am I going to feel like, oh, uh, I should have been watching the race season or does is it very not? No, they're different. I, I think, I mean, if you start with like the first see the first episode first years right like you'll be like two years behind in terms of point stuff because it's, it's it's basically looking back at the previous year right okay and i think the drive to survive title there's there's a couple pieces there's the there's the we're going a couple hundred miles an hour and somebody could get hurt and die and they had they had a guy was it two years ago who now races indycar who um hit in an accident hit the wall like the next to last race of the season and like it's fireball like and it's a fireball for like 20 some seconds and the dude couldn't get out of his car and then finally got out, right? So there was that. So there's drive to survive. And then there's also the money piece of it. Like there's not relegation here, but there's, there's, there is clearly two or three top good teams. The rest of them, mid-level and a couple of them just stink, right? But they're trying to keep drivers alive and, and stay relevant in the sport. Um, and there's business pieces to it too. Like this year, there's some new rules in the cars um, and to, to supposedly level the playing field. Um, but yeah, it just makes, I mean, maybe I was more in the NASCAR news and personalities and some of the guys have aged out and retired and that's part of it. And this is just my new thing, but the series does make it a little approachable. I mean, I think the races themselves, the sky sports coverage, eh, like the pregame coverage is almost like watching Benny Hill do sports. Like it's just not, yeah, it's, it's, and it's consistently like that. So I guess yeah. that's just what it is, but I just, that doesn't make the sport any better for viewers from my perspective, but it is what it is. That was the one thing, and I haven't read too, too much into it, but I, I haven't seen it. Seen, it sounds like it's just going to still be the Sky Sports re, or re-telecast or, or telecast on ESPN. Um, same as ESPN Bunny on producing it, so to speak. But for me, like, I feel like the thing that I haven't gotten caught up in it yet is like the, like, like I, like I said, I do follow Lewis Hamilton, but 
I feel like there's like a lot of people that are very passionate about their driver in a different way, or maybe even a similar way than like that era of like Dale Earnhardt Jr., Dale Earnhardt, Tony Stewart, Jeff Gordon, NASCAR. Like that was that, like, I see a lot more F1 posts like that than I do NASCAR posts like that. Yeah. I think that's true. I think you're loyal to your team, loyal to your manufacturer. You know, to me, it's just all intriguing. But um, yes, I think that's very true in terms of, of how it works out and who you root for. Um, and that makes it fun. There's the personalities. I mean, last year's championship was Hamilton and Max Verstappen and, and the rules. There were some rules applied at the end of the last race that were, you know, maybe not exactly the right way. But then now the race director that was in charge of that is no longer the race director. But, you know, Hamilton also can sound like a crybaby. You know, you won all these national, all these championships, right? And then you're bitching and moaning at the end. So there's even for me, who really doesn't have it, isn't really hard in, into it. Like you can just pick personalities and say, oh, how do they sound? What's going on? And you kind of get engaged. And again, the, the good thing is it's done in a couple of hours. Not that I'm not interested, but I mean, you got to watch, I mean, you got to kind of know qualifying sort of because they don't pass as much sometimes. So if it, you know, you're going to be set Saturday, what may happen, but no, it's been, it's been a fun, different thing. And I think ESPN will at the local races, at the, the races in the States, like they do, they'll do a sports center from Miami. They did one for, but one for, they did one for Miami. They'll, they'll be in Austin in the fall. And I would expect that they'd be in Miami, Austin and Las Vegas next year as well. I mean, we were almost ready to go to, to, to Austin this fall, but it's homecoming weekend here. So that was part of it. And then flights, we didn't book flights soon enough. And now it's just ridiculously expensive to try to fly to fly somewhere in the state. So maybe next year, that'll be our domestic trip to an F1 race. We'll see. I was just going to ask, do you think you will, the Vegas one is very appealing to me um, just because it's in Vegas and the idea of them driving down the Vegas strip at 250 miles an hour is just absolutely bonkers to me. Yeah. Um, Miami I, doesn't interest me. Austin would interest yeah. me again next year. Like depending on the Penn State football schedule, Austin would interest me because depending on how it plays out, the race is on a Sunday. If, if UT were home, or somebody else's mm. home that weekend. And even irregardless of UT, I mean, Austin's just from everything I've heard, it's been years since I've been there. It's a cool town, right? So if you get in town on a, on a Thursday, did some local music and barbecue, went to qualifying, went to the race, it could be a fun weekend. All right, sign me up, Steve. Let me know. You book the flights. Actually, we'll have Susan book the flights. <laughs> Say, not me. I remember, remember <laughs> the Illinois game when I got there at the wrong time for the game. So we're not booking many flights in my world. Uh, all right. Um, anything else about F1? Good? Good there. All good there. Okay, cool. All right, moving on. This week's Old Guy, Young Guy uh, is brought to you by Steve. Steve, do you want to ask your Old Guy, Young Guy? Yeah, this, is, this segment is brought to you by 1970s Yard Games. Um, my, my email to Darian was, I think, have you ever played Jarts? And did you, did, was, did you know what Jarts are? Have you played Jarts before? Do you remember the show on VH1 that was like, I love the 70s and I love the 80s? Yep. Do you remember that show? Yep. That's how I learned about jarts. Okay. I, I, and I am still blown away <laughs> by the concept of this game that somebody thought it was a good idea to stick a pointy thing on something. Heavy metal pointy thing. Heavy metal pointy thing. Yep. And have you throw it in the air wow, there's probably alcohol being consumed. Like, that's just, that is some 70s to 80s Isn't pure seven, Americana. Good, healthy Americana yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I have not, because largely because they've been outlawed since the 80s, um, 
in that version, I have ne- never played lime darts or jarts, um, as some people call, call it. Um, but I, I, I kind of would like to, like, I'm sure there's somebody out there on eBay that's selling like one of those sets. And they like, are. I look every once in a while. I'll probably look tonight and we'll, we'll drive all the sales of jarts in the United States tonight. But I look at it like once in a while, like for jarts and you'll see them on eBay or you'll see them somewhere. And I'm like, oh, I should get one of those. Like, and sometimes they're, they're like not pricey and sometimes they're really expensive. So and it's not even like, that's kind of one of those things you buy on eBay. Like, you know, I not necessarily use it, but it's a good conversation piece. Yeah. Um, because they made that because now you can buy them online. If somebody's Googling, right, you get jarts, lawn darts and they're plastic. I mean, sorry, that's not the same thing. You, you got you. You need like the bottom, that bottom part of these things. These suckers must have weighed about two and a half or three pounds on little plastic wings. And you threw them up in the air when they came down, they were coming down. So, yeah. I can't believe somebody was like, yeah, this is a good idea. It was the 70s, man. It was probably Hasbro or somebody else who was like, oh, that's happy so to funny. take him. Remember, I mean, kids were setting up ramps for their bicycles because of Evil Knievel and whatever else. So, so and you, did you play lawn darts? Yeah, somebody. I don't know that we had the job, but I remember playing them. I mean, okay. probably with older cousins or whatever else. And, and was anybody impaled? No. Okay. No, croquet, croquet mallets were a little more dangerous in our world because we could swing them at each other <laughs> if we were close and hit. Like I, I'm pretty sure I, I was smacked across my body with a croquet mallet by some point with one of my cousins. So we had 13 boys between with, that were like two years. Oh apart. my god! You know, yeah. it was like all boys. Sure, that did there not was lots of end in any trips to the ER. Dangerous games. Oh my gosh. Um. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good. Um. The other thing you asked was, what is your your favorite backyard game? Um, and I was, I was thinking about this because I don't want to say cornhole because you know what I enjoy? A very good competitive game of wiffle ball. Oh, there you go. That's a good call. I, I love a good game of wiffle ball. Every Memorial Day growing up, all of the cousins in the family would get together and we'd play at the Memorial Day picnic. We would play a, a pretty good game of, of wiffle ball. Um, usually a couple people would leave with bruises from the wiffle ball there you go um but yeah i I think that's that one that one's mine i've always like uh enjoyed the like wiffle ball youtube videos i don't know if you've watched any or seen any of those the um so i've enjoyed that um what about you steve what is your your favorite backyard barbecue game probably just we did. We had a horseshoe pit at the first house. That was kind of fun. Like, you know, again, that's a game that is, is no longer played. Like, I feel like no cornhole just completely destroyed the wiffle or uh, the horseshoe market. No. And the jar actually it was a conversation about horseshoes that prompted the jarts text. I forget who I was with. They were playing horseshoes. Oh, I know we were at my son-in-law's up at the Clarence Moose. A hot spot uh, yes. in Center County. I feel like um, a lot of places have. Like they had those, but then someone was talking about playing quates, which is is that a quate looks like half of a donut, a donut cut in half, and it's a metal ring. Okay, and you played it with the same horseshoe sticks. Yes, but you threw a quate like we had, and it was an easy, almost an eastern and western Pennsylvania split from people I've talked to. And since I was in like Cumming County, we had quates. People in western Pennsylvania apparently hadn't heard of it. Um, but again, throwing something solid and metal at something else. 30 feet away, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah. Um, wrong. Especially yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think just, at all. 
yeah, maybe horseshoes when I think about it. And I think about volleyball, family reunion, they played volleyball. Like they played, mm. and that was like the one time a year, like everybody played volleyball. Like nobody had any volleyball skill. Like it was all, it was serious backyard volleyball. Like nobody was bumping it right or doing anything. But, but you know, there is nothing better reunion. than a, one of those volleyball games. Those are, exactly. yeah, those are good games. Um, I'm trying to think, do you remember there for a while then, like this was before Cornhole, because I feel like Cornhole is maybe like the last 10 years has really taken over the backyard sports, but I feel like there for a while, Washers was really big. Did yep. you, did you play Washers? I did not. I've seen okay. it. I don't know that I'm any good at it, but yeah. Uh, we had, uh, we had, I built a set of Washers uh, and we actually still have a, we have a Penn State set. Every now and then I'll take it out and just throw it the only problem with them is like you really got to stick it in the box to stick it like or otherwise it's bouncing off and then you're spending 10 15 minutes looking around for the the little washer in in the yard Um, yeah yeah especially the blue ones i don't know who was like yeah let's do this um yeah there's a limited supply of jarts online yeah there's nowhere it's all plastic fake stuff i'm only seeing these the ones seeing metal like, signs, metal metal jart signs. That's the worst part of the internet. You see this stuff for jarts, and it looks like it's real, and it's the metal sign advertising. Who cares? So, yeah. And when I yeah. when I find them at some antique store somewhere, a yard sale, we'll have a set of jarts. Okay. Teach the grandchildren how to play with jarts. Yeah, we we'll definitely play that at a tailgate. That won't end well. No, not at all. That won't be <laughs> any sort of liability. Um. Okay. Anything else? No, good to hear you again. Good to see you. Yeah, good, 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 good catching up. Um, we're working on some plans for the uh, football season that is slowly impending. Um, you know, there's not a lot of sports going on right now, so bear with us, but we'll, we'll get there. Um, we've got uh, this podcast that you just listened to. It's available on all the podcasting services while you're there. If you could rate us uh, five stars, thumbs up, um it really does actually help um again really do appreciate all the people that have listened to this podcast so far um we've got an email stuff summer says podcast at gmail.com we have twitter handles which is at stuff summer says steve's is at steve samsel other than that go enjoy your jarts this weekend and don't get hit by any jarts in your backyard Line games. That is sound nice. Yeah. Thank you. See you. Goodbye.